2: Welcome to another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Ellen. Today we're going to talk about one of those gut-wrenching stories of a four-month-old baby boy who was diagnosed with cancer in both his eyes and the role cannabis oil played in his recovery. And joining us from the United States is Liz. We're not going to use her last name because she doesn't want us to use it. So uh, we'll respect her privacy. Liz, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Great to be here.
2: Now, your little boy is over a year old now. How is he doing?
1: He's doing fantastic. He is catching up to all of his milestones. He's doing great.
2: Now, take us back to January of this year and take us through some of the symptoms he was experiencing.
1: Uh, well, I noticed that it was hard for him to make eye contact with me when uh, just before Christmas. And I, I noticed that there was a white in his eyes that... Uh, we couldn't explain, and I asked the doctor about it, uh, the primary, and she said that it was normal, his eyes weren't done developing, and I should wait until he was at least four months old to see a specialist. And, so that's what I did until January.
2: Then you went to a specialist in January, mm-hmm. and uh, what did the specialist say?
1: He said that uh, he has retinoblastoma in both eyes, which, which is called bilateral retinoblastoma. And he said that uh, we should go down to um, Philadelphia to see a very successful eye surgeon uh, down there by the name of Carol Shields. And that's what we did. And within two days, we started chemotherapy. And he also had his first eye surgery.
2: What did the eye surgery consist of?
1: Laser or cryotherapy. Uh, which is they shoot a laser beam into his eyes and try to burn off the cancer cells, which are growing inside of his eyes.
2: Liz, what are the odds of a baby beating this type of cancer?
1: Retinoblastoma is a very treatable kind of cancer. We feel very fortunate that we do have a very treatable kind of cancer uh, because my husband actually lost his sister, to a more deadly kind of cancer, Um, and unfortunately, we didn't know about cannabis when she was alive.
2: When the doctors told you that your little boy had cancer in both eyes, how did that uh, impact you emotionally?
1: It was devastating. I was in disbelief. I was questioning the doctor's uh, skill level. (laughs) I I couldn't believe that this would be true, because I'm generally a healthy person, we're generally, you know, conscientious of what we eat. It was just a complete shock. We were in total disbelief.
2: So your little boy is four months old. He starts on chemotherapy almost immediately. Is that right?
1: That's right. Two days later, he had his first round of chemotherapy. Can you talk to us a little bit
0: about what stage he was at? I know there's stage A, B, C.
1: Right. Retinoblastoma has categories A through E, and his eyes were category B and D. A is the least severe, E is the most severe, and his eyes were B and D. So he he had a pretty good chance of losing his left eye, but thankfully um, that wasn't so.
2: So his left eye was the one that they categorized as D, not very good.
1: Right, That's right.
2: Yeah. So how did the chemotherapy go?
1: The chemotherapy was very difficult, especially the first month. My children, my older children, go to public school, and they brought home some cold germs. And on top of recovering from his chemotherapy, he had to fight off um, this germs that were coming into the house. I ended up pulling my children out of school and homeschooling them for the six months of his chemotherapy. I'm actually a certified teacher, so... I'm quite qualified to homeschool them. I just chose not to, and I actually have experience homeschooling them as well.
2: (laughs) How did your other kids uh, react to uh, their little baby brother having cancer of the eyes?
1: Um, As you can guess, they were devastated. Um, First, they were also in disbelief, but I've always taught them to be problem solvers and to not sit around and feel sorry for themselves, to get up and take action and I started researching nonstop, hours on end, and my older children were wonderful help. They would uh, help me with the little ones, and uh, I would get online and do research about pediatric cancer, uh, alternative therapies, because I, I know people who have lost their lives to chemotherapy and radiation, and I knew that it was a very dangerous thing to do. Unfortunately, um, in the United States, if you do not take your children to chemotherapy, when the doctor says they need chemotherapy, they will come and take your children away. And that thought just scares me terribly. So I was not willing to share any of my alternative therapies with the doctors. I also uh, improved my son's diet. Uh, We went organic, uh, gluten-free, no added sugar, non-GMO. We started doing juicing, did not give him uh, hardly any animal proteins. Uh, We did everything that we could to support his body the first three months during chemotherapy. But it wasn't enough because his blood counts, uh, the numbers, he was getting uh, blood draws every week. Uh, the numbers were going down, and they were talking about giving him a blood transfusion if his numbers got that low again. What and was he? Um, what was he like,
0: Lizzie? When he, when he went, Liz, when he was on uh, uh, the chemotherapy, what were some of the symptoms he was showing, or how was he reacting to the well, chemotherapy? Well, he was
1: in the first month in January. Like I said, he was fighting off cold germs, flu germs, and he was in so much pain. He cried every day. It, it was just like I had a colicky baby. My oldest son was colicky. He was just like having a colicky baby all the time, He crying all the time again. It was miserable. It was a really miserable existence. And to make matters worse, uh, chemotherapy hurts the body so that even holding him to comfort him was not working.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, Just holding him would put him in pain. Um, Just holding him to give him a bath would hurt his body. You know, physical physical pain. His body would just ache. His jaw would be in in so much pain that he couldn't take his nipple from his bottle to drink.
0: Oh, that sounds Um, awful.
1: His hair started to fall out, and for a short time, he did start to lose weight. But, like I said, we were so fortunate and blessed that uh, actually our governor ended up signing a bill that said medical marijuana was legal in our state. So we felt confident that we were protected under the law, the state law. And we went, I went ahead and, and uh, did what I could to find the medicine.
2: When you talk about his blood platelet count, uh, I was reading a bit about it, and uh, blood platelet counts range from 150,000 to 450,000. This is from um, John Hopkins University Medical Center. What was uh, your little boy's platelet count at the time? They
1: were down to 70. 70? 70, Right. And they said that, you know, if they go any lower, we're going to have to give him after round four. If they go any lower than this, we're going to have to give him a blood transfusion. And in fact, it's very common for children undergoing chemotherapy to get blood transfusions. And it's very common to have complications from those hospital visits and blood transfusions, which is something that I try to avoid. I try to keep my family healthy so that we don't have to go to the doctor.
2: Liz, at any time during this chemotherapy when life was so miserable and your little boy has cancer of both eyes, did you feel at any point that you were going to lose him?
1: Um, I knew that if I did nothing that I would lose him because I was reading uh, a lot about other people's experiences with pediatric cancer and uh, many times the children couldn't stand the level of chemotherapy that they were giving and they just lost their lives to the chemotherapy itself. And actually, after the third round of chemotherapy, when his platelets were down to 70, I did tell the oncologist, I insisted that we lower his chemotherapy levels to the lower doses that they used back in the 90s. And she, of course, tried to discourage me from insisting on doing that. She tried to swayed me by saying that he would still have cancer cells and that you know he could lose his life and that he could lose his eyes to this cancer but i insisted because i knew that we were going to go ahead with this uh, natural therapy to support his healthy cells and i knew we were going to beat it i had done so much research by that point hours and hours of research that i was confident this was a good solution for us to try.
0: So how and when did you bring cannabis oil into the picture?
1: Well, I have I have friends online on Facebook, and I'm a member of groups where people talk about natural therapies, alternative therapies. And I, I just cried to my friends online and told them, I don't know what to do. My baby has cancer and he's going through chemotherapy month after month. You know, every four weeks he was getting chemotherapy, and it was slowly killing him. Um, he was losing his hair, and I just... Sorry.
0: No, take a deep uh, breath. That's okay. It's obviously a I month oh.
1: I just cried to my friends, and... and uh, People just kept passing me from one person to the next, talk to this person, talk to this person, uh, look up this person, and I made my way to a group where I found Corey, and it was amazing. You know, we just, we connected, and uh, she led me in the right direction.
0: So what happened once she started giving him the oil?
1: Well, after the first, after the first dose, he wasn't really affected very much. But I think it was because he was in so much pain right. that he was just relieved that the pain was. So we were trying to use um, Tylenol with codeine, which is an opioid, which is also connected to cancer tumor growth. And I was not. I was not fond of using it. Luckily, he. He didn't like the taste of it. He refused to take it, and we ended up just giving him ordinary baby Tylenol during his chemotherapy, and Zofran, which is the anti-nausea medication. But with the the oil, we really didn't have to use it every day uh, during chemotherapy. Without the oil, we had to use those drugs every day. And if you give him too much Zofran, one negative side effect is headaches. You know, severe headaches. So you want to help him, you know, not be vomiting, so he can eat and keep his food down. But also, you don't want to give him too much because he could get a severe headache.
2: What was the uh, what was the drug you mentioned? Zofran.
1: Zofran It's Zofran. an anti-nausea. It's an anti-nausea medication prescribed okay. by oncologists. So it'll get rid of nausea. the
0: nausea and give you a headache.
1: Right. Exactly.
2: When you were giving. The cannabis oil to your, your mm-hmm. baby, how long did you wait before you noticed a con, uh, an improvement in his condition?
1: Uh, I'd say immediately I noticed that he was happier. He was in less pain, and he was willing to move. You know, before that, he was in so much pain, he barely moved. He would just lay in his swing or in his bouncy chair. He, he didn't want to move. He just He was miserable every day. But after he got the oil, he started moving again. He was missing milestones. You know, at four months, he was supposed to be sitting up uh, and rolling over, but he didn't want to move. So he wasn't doing those things. And his crawling was delayed, but he's caught up now. We're now five months out from chemotherapy. So he's doing awesome. He's on a maintenance dose and he's just doing awesome.
2: Your comment is interesting because in the interviews we've done with various parents on uh, their children and taking chemotherapy and then moving on to cannabis oil, they all say exactly the same thing, that it was almost immediate. Within 24 hours, they noticed a difference Mm -hmm. in their child, in their baby, uh, because the baby was almost relieved of most of the pain that it was experiencing Mm -hmm. as a result of the chemotherapy. Yes. That's exactly what you experience as well.
1: Yes, yes, it is. And a willingness, like I said, to be physically active again. That's just great to see. You just hate to see your child just, you know, laying there and withering away, you know, and missing out on life. This is his first year of life. You know, he was supposed to be meeting these milestones. I have three older children and each one of them. I love watching the milestones every month. They're doing something new. In this case, it just feels like his first year of life was partially, you know, ripped away from me because of chemotherapy, and I really feel strongly that we could have done this without the chemotherapy. However, as we already discussed, it's illegal to do that.
0: So once you got him on the oil, I believe he was on five weeks before you got the all clear? Was that, is that correct? Or
1: It was six weeks. Six we weeks. We had his next... We had his next appointment. Um, he he underwent general anesthesia every month, which was about uh, I think it was twelve drugs that they used to put him under, and and then they would check him with the uh, you know the machine that they use, and then they would use their laser treatment if they saw any new tumors. Um, well, every month they did see new tumors: uh, first month, second month, and third month. Uh, The fourth month, halfway through the fourth month, we started using the oil. And uh, at the fifth month, uh, the fifth cycle of chemotherapy, they only found one new tumor. But that was only after two weeks of use. So the tumors were not done growing after only two weeks of use. But then four weeks later, there were no new tumors at his cycle number six. There was no new tumors. There was no need to use the laser beam, but he still had to accept his chemotherapy dose. They still forced us to accept that, which was very hard to do.
2: Yeah. Does does your baby have to continue to take chemotherapy?
1: No. He is completely clean and clear. He is healthy. He had his final MRI in Philadelphia and, it's clear there's nothing there. The only thing that is there is the empty space where the laser beam destroyed the eye. And I, like I said, I really feel like that's not going to grow back. That's not, I don't believe that's going to grow back on its own. However, I will say this. The doctor from Philadelphia said that not only are his tumors gone, the scar tissue is receding and his vision is getting better every day. So that was very good to hear. Well, that's excellent. Yes, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, It's just hard to accept that those empty spaces in the back of his eyes where the material used to be, you know, to help him see, is now permanently gone. It's permanently removed, and I don't think it's going to grow back.
0: Liz, you know, I wouldn't be that sure that it doesn't grow back if you keep your son on oil. I seriously wouldn't be.
1: I have read that the oil does regenerate and regrow brain cells. So I guess I should hold some hope here. I absolutely. Will
0: do that. I would. It's early days. It's early days, okay. and you have a cancer free
2: child.
1: That's right. You're absolutely right.
2: Liz, when you say uh, his vision is getting better, does that mean he will be able to see out of both eyes in spite of the laser beam treatment?
1: Yes. He actually does have partial vision loss but he does still have some vision in both eyes he has more vision in the right eye than he does in the left eye he has blind spots where he had tumors and where he had treatment for his tumors uh some some of the tumors were over the macula which is in the center of the eye and like in his left eye it was the worst it was on on the macula and um i guess he's not going to be able to see can't see out of it right now anyway
2: How is his behavior now?
1: That's the other thing. Um, He was really an emotional wreck because he was getting poked every week. And I tried to help him deal with it. We called it his love pinches because I did not want him to have a port. A port, I feel, is uh, very dangerous because it opens up the body to infection. So he actually had weekly blood draws and chemo treatments through IVs every time. And it was it was very difficult to do, but I tried to, um, I said, I tried to call it love pinches. Mm-hmm. Um, and But he was really, emotionally, he was very sad a lot of the time. It was hard to get him to smile um, immediately following treatment. But the more time went on and his sleep, his sleep was just terrible. It was just awful. It was, he would just go to sleep for an hour or two at a time and wake up screaming because he would be in pain. But the further out we went from our last chemo, uh, the better it got. And and I can say, you know, especially in the last month, he's smiling a lot more and he's sleeping a lot better. I think his daddy is, is forgetting that because he still stays up with him at night <laughs> and rocks him. Um, all he has to do is whine a little bit and daddy comes and, and rocks him to sleep. He's a wonderful father. I'm so blessed to have you know a wonderful partner in this.
2: Well, sh- Absolutely.
0: Yeah, you certainly need that support, Liz. The oil that your son was on, just for clarification for listeners, was a high THC oil or a fifty-fifty blend or high CBD.
1: It was a high THC. It was what you would call RSO, Rick Simpson oil. Oil,
2: yeah, cannabis extract, yeah. During this whole yeah. process, Liz, it uh, when you said your child wasn't sleeping very much and would awake every hour, must have been pretty. <laughs> Tough on you emotionally and physically, uh, lacking in sleep yourself.
1: Absolutely, it was very hard for me. But like I said, I had experience before with a colicky child who was uh, very much the same. The first year, it was very difficult. He had acid reflux and colic, and he would wake up uh, every hour, hour and a half uh, for the first year. So I had that experience. So I was, I was ready for it.
2: Lack of sleep is your middle name. <laughs> Hopefully, that's going
1: to get better very soon.
2: Yeah. Do you still give your baby a daily maintenance dose of oil?
1: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's only once a day now. I used to do it. In the beginning, we started out with uh, pin drop size, which in the beginning it was oral and also topical, which is on the skin. Which is, uh, we would put it on his. T- I would put it on his temple right next to his eyes, uh, a little bit on each side. I would use a little bit of coconut oil as a carrier oil to help absorb it into the skin. Uh, mm-hmm. So we were doing oral twice a day, and then we would do topical twice a day as well for the first four weeks, I think it was. Maybe it was three weeks. We try- I tried to get him into higher doses as quick as I could, but we never exceeded half of... The- the size of a grain of rice. It was very, very small amounts.
2: And that's all it took.
1: That's all it took for his little body size. Yeah, that's all yeah. it took.
2: Liz, were there any visible signs of the eye cancer?
1: When you looked into his eye, uh, if it wasn't, if his, if his pupil was opening up because the light was low, you could look into his eye and see a white light uh, actually, it was the white tumor that I was seeing. The doctors told me, um, like if you take a picture with a camera, you might see red eye. Uh, with a in the case of retinoblastoma, you will see white in the center of the eye.
2: Wow. Well, do you still, or do you, uh, deal with uh, other parents who face similar situations? You yes, talk, I do. You talk to them.
1: Yes, I do, and I try. I try to share as much as I can anonymously. <laughs> Um, Because, like I said, with the federal government still demonizing and criminalizing people for using this wonderful medicine, the thought of losing my children is just too overwhelming. So I just, I don't want people to know who I am, really. I just want to share the information and And, my experience.
0: And you've been amazing doing that. I know I've sent a couple of people your way to uh, offer some support to them, and and that's been great.
1: Thank you. I do my best.
2: Liz, when you, uh, when you do this, when you help other people, is there somewhat of a reluctant attitude that um, people may have to use cannabis, or are they so desperate that they'll try anything?
1: Uh, yes, there is, there is both. There are people who are reluctant, and there are people who are desperate because they've already undergone so many treatments, and uh, they're having a difficult time. So yes, there there is both. There is you know some people who are just getting into it. People, especially, I'm so surprised. You know, people don't take time off of work to deal with these illnesses, these major life-threatening illnesses. You you know, you've really got to take time to focus on healing yourself. Be in charge of your health. Research on your own time. This is your life. You know, we're talking about. So yeah. I try to encourage people to research as much as they can, and I share my experience.
2: Yeah, you uh, you you have a fabulous uh, husband, obviously, and uh, great kids who are supportive of, of their little brother. How uh, are they reacting now to your...
1: Well, everyone at school is asking them. They're back at school now, mm-hmm. and everyone is asking how their little brother is doing, and they're happy to say that he's doing very well. And many times, people are just surprised you know that it's just like that it's gone you know there's no more you cannot tell that this child had chemotherapy there's just no way he's he's above average in his height and weight he's in the 80th percentile for his height and weight and he's in the 96th percentile for his head circumference his head is huge (laughs) he's so smart he's so smart and and it, he's only one year old, he's only 15 months old, but he's wearing 2T and 3T clothes, so he's basically the size of a 2 or a 3 year old.
0: So it's he's, come, he's come from a child who was basically failure to thrive while he was going through all this treatment to this kid that's just excelling.
1: Yes, and I believe that, you know, with the medicine and with his diet changes and, and eliminating the extra stress of the germs coming in from school, I feel like putting him in a bubble for a little while like that really made the difference.
2: Yeah, it sounds like he's going to be a football player. (laughs) He's going to be huge.
1: (laughs) Yes, it does seem that way.
2: Yeah. Liz, a wonderful story. Uh, Is there anything you'd like to say in conclusion?
1: Well, for anybody who is afraid to take that step forward, I would just say educate yourself do your own research, uh, be in charge of your own health, and, you know, uh, use common sense. (laughs) That's about all I can say.
2: Absolutely. Liz, uh, very good of you to to, uh, join us today. We appreciate your time and all the best in the future. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Liz, very, very much. Of course, she's a wonderful mother. And uh, just uh, an incredible story of a four-year-old, four-month-old baby boy with uh, eye cancer.
0: Yeah, it, pretty, pretty amazing, and it uh, turned around so quickly from this child that she said, "quote was
2: withering away." Absolutely. And I should just remind our listeners that Cannabis Health Radio, uh, we're a daily podcast, weekdays, Monday to Friday, and we inform listeners of the many health benefits of medical cannabis. This is done by interviewing experts in the field as well as talking to individuals who have successful outcomes for their health conditions by using medical cannabis, and you just heard Liz talk about her child. Our aim is to educate the public about the medical properties of cannabis so they have the knowledge to help themselves or their loved ones if a medical condition arises that has been shown to be helped by cannabis. And uh, we're also, Corey, looking for advertisers and sponsors on Cannabis Health Radio. That's correct. So if anyone out there wants to advertise on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, send us an email. And uh, if you want to sponsor the program, you can do that as well. Send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. And we'll be back with our next edition, next episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio Podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.